everybody, and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast, where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you an edge on Kajabi. I'm your host, Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience. And today I'm joined by my friend, Shannon O'Brien, founder of Whole You Career and Life Strategy. Is it coaching? Tell us what it's all about. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jared. It's such a pleasure to be here. Whole You Career and Life Strategy is a consultancy that I started in 2012. And I had been working in higher education, first at Harvard, promoting diversity and then at MIT, promoting invention and innovation. And I loved my job. But what I loved the most is working with bright-eyed students or people who are trying to pursue their life's work. So I actually ended up leaving my full-time job and taking the big leap and starting a consultancy on my own. First part-time in 2012. And then in 2013, the circumstances just worked out that I went to do it full-time. So my main mission with Holyu is to help people pursue their life's work, but also live a balanced, purposeful life so they don't get burnt out. Okay, that's quite the list. Uh, you know, working at Harvard, that's that, that's a heck of a job to walk away from. It sounds like you were at least you enjoyed aspects of that. What was kind of the, I guess, the primary inspiration for for stepping away from something like that? Yeah, I should say for the, the Harvard job, it was actually in 2008 when the economy tanked, they were eliminating a lot of positions. And my position was promoting diversity, which might not have seemed uh, essential at the time. And my position was eliminated. And so it actually took me a year and a half to find a new job because I wanted to make sure that my job was fulfilling and something that I really wanted to do and that I was good at. And so I I would have stayed there probably for a long, long time because I really enjoyed the mission and the people and working there. So in 2008, I was out of work and that was a crucial learning for me to say, well, what does it take to actually find a job that you really want? Not just any job that pays the bills. Of course, sometimes you have to do that, but what does it take to find the dream job? And so in that year and a half, I did internships and volunteering and networked and went to all kinds of events. And through that time, I developed the process that I now do with clients. So I think that was an essential turning point. And then in terms of MIT, I love my job again, but actually the circumstances were changing, as I said. So in 2013, my job was exploding in terms of, okay, you're no longer just working with three schools. You're working nationwide with all of the schools. And it's no longer just graduate students. It's also undergraduates. And it's not just one category, it's six categories. So it became very complex and it was a really exciting job, but I was torn because I was in this, uh, like, you know, really enjoying what I was doing with whole you. So I decided to do that full time and then leave that new exciting role for somebody else who could really devote to it. So I, I imagine there's a story behind the naming whole you. Where did that come from? Yeah. When I was first starting Wolu, I, I was just scribbling down words on a page and trying to put down all of the words that I was trying to convey or embody with the type of work that I wanted to do or the type of work that I did not see, the type of work that I myself would have wanted during that transition period of a year and a half trying to look for a job. So of course, it's career, life, holistic and then whole you just sort of came to me after scribbling a lot of words down and it made a lot of sense so whole you you as an individual and then also you as a university i'd worked in higher ed for seven years and then you you know the universe i believe in the universal uh, flow of things so it had many meanings and it um and it has just sort of stuck and then i created the logo from there so i trademarked it very early on and have found that people have tried to apply for the trademark since but 
but uh, I, I feel very happy with the word because I think sometimes you don't really know what the company does, but you kind of get a sense when you say Holy You. There's some, when people look at my business card and the logo and hear the name, they kind of get a sense of what it stands for. Yeah, I love that. And you haven't stated this specifically, but I, it sounds to me like you are almost solving, like kind of scratching your own itch, solving your own problem with this, because it sounds like maybe you are also kind of going through the same same process yourself. Precisely. Yeah, I think that's how it is with a lot of entrepreneurs. They see a problem that they themselves have, and then they try to solve it and then share it if they, if they figured it out or try to figure it out as they go along, right? I don't think I have all of the answers, and I'm the first one to admit that I am my own first client trying to search for my dream job, search for my balanced, purposeful life. And so I think that you're you're right that that I'm trying to create the solution to the problem I myself was having. So where exactly did your, I guess, your strategy come from? Did it come more from like your own findings like we were just, just discussing there? Or was it, did you take bits and pieces of some of the work that you've done in your career? Like how did that all kind of come together? Yes. Uh, I think that the inspiration came, like you said, from bits and pieces of my experience. But just backing up a little bit, before I got the job at Harvard, I had actually pursued a master's degree in Japan. So I lived in Tokyo for two years studying peace and conflict resolution studies. And I was focused on the Middle East and how can you educate people about this vast region and this complex, diverse region with so many different people, so many different cultures and languages. And as as we all know, conflict in the Middle East has been going on for centuries. And so I was looking at this very macro level problem and it occurred to me, wow, I need to zoom in a little bit. So let me start on that micro level rather than look at the macro level and get overwhelmed. So that was part of it. And then in terms of strategy, to use your word, I had taken an entrepreneurship class. My first entrepreneurship class was in high school, actually. I was a senior in high school and it was part of Nifty, which is the National Foundation for Teaching Entrepreneurship. It was hosted at Babson College, which is one of the number one schools in the country and the world for teaching entrepreneurship. And so I was bit by the entrepreneurial bug really early. And my first business was a swing dancing business, Lindy Hop and swing dancing. But I always wanted to revisit being an entrepreneur. And so my career, my academics and my, my work brought me focused on communication and culture and going to Japan, like I said. But then then kind of tying it all together and communicating peace, but through personal development and also using media because I had studied communication and media for a while. So just cobbling it all together. Well, I'd love to kind of get a, a better understanding of what like what was the timeline or what was the journey like going from once you've decided to kind of take this leap, um, you're, you're running whole you. Did it start out as an online business? Did it start out as an offline business? And when uh, did it in fact become an online based business? So I credit or I say that it started August 1st, 2012. And the catalyst for saying picking that date is because I, I remember trying to piece together my interests and my many passions. And, and again, the way that I was helping people flashback to working at Harvard and MIT, even though I was promoting diversity and invention, I was always looking to help anyone I could saying, what jobs are you applying for? How can I help you network internationally? And I was always gravitating towards that. 
And so when I started August 1st, 2012, I had applied to an accelerator. It was a business accelerator that was called Future Boston Alliance. And it was started by a man named Greg Selko, who had started a clothing company in Boston called Karma Loop. And I was accepted into that accelerator for this not real company that I was writing about. And they, and they sort of picked up what I was putting down. But that was the real catalyst of starting in 2012. And to be honest, when when I first started, I thought it was going to be a brick and mortar. And then thankfully the brick and mortar idea didn't work out because I just did it, you know, started online. Actually, my second master's degree, I focused on educational technology. It was a program called technology, innovation, and education. So I was familiar, thankfully, with online platforms and technologies. And I just slowly cobbled together an online business, <laughs> you know, email, telephone, not no fax machines, but it felt pretty old school pre-Kajabi, so... So when, when exactly did Kajabi come into the picture for you? Yeah. So 2017, well, actually, so 2012, I started to build my website on Wix. You know, it was okay. Uh, and I went to an event hosted by Wix because I wanted to learn more about it, how to leverage it. And that was in 2017. And I was in the elevator and, you know, I had a chance to do my elevator pitch with this man whose name is Michael Neese. And he has a course on Kajabi and it's called Interview Management. Mastery. And I was like, oh, interviewing, that's very related to what I'm doing. So we had a quick elevator chat. He told me about Kajabi. And at the time I was just thinking, I'm here focused on Wix. I can't even focus on all of the work that it would take to switch over. Um, but a year later, I pulled the trigger and, and signed up for Kajabi. And I was still in touch with, with Michael and tell him about all the, the success and how happy I am on Kajabi now. So so I'd love to kind of just... And it doesn't have to be specific to the technological hurdles, but like if those are relevant, let's talk about them. But like, what were some of the, the challenges that you faced when kind of... I don't even want to say getting started, but I guess maybe like throughout this process, this journey uh, of growing your business? So many, so many problems, so many technical issues. You know, I think it's learning what's necessary. So um, for example, you probably hear people say, what's the one thing you really need to do when someone comes to your website? Obviously educate them and bring them through a journey. But on, on the, you know, the business owner's side, you need to capture their email. So I think it was on, on Wix, I didn't know how to do that. I didn't didn't know how to capture someone's email. So I think all of those years went by five. Yeah. Five years went by and I captured zero emails of, of visitors and all of the work that I was doing. So that was a, you know, a failure that I learned from. And then, so once I did get hip to capturing people's emails and, you know, sending out mailings, cause you want to be in touch and tell them what you're up to and tell them about offerings and inspire and educate. So I started to send out mailings and I started to send them out through MailChimp. Well, I had been accruing a couple thousand people on my, on my newsletter list. And so that was a certain amount of money. So every month I was spending all of this money on, on MailChimp. And so I think it was just like, okay, then getting an email address and then getting the, you know, registering your website and getting the domain and then trying to figure out how to automate things or, you know, cutting and pasting templates. It's just like totally overwhelming. I think technology is a double-edged sword. It's a beautiful thing that all of this would not be possible without, but there is a learning curve and you just need to kind of stick with it and be patient. So, yeah, well, I'd actually, I, I even want to like almost rewind a little bit because I was thinking a little bit about like just the like when you you know you were making this transition MIT is out of the picture now 
what was it that drove you to pursue this path versus did you like also like continue to, you know, on the job search, the traditional path or like, where was that kind of, I don't know, was there a, a T in the road or a fork in the road or anything along those lines? I mentioned that job that I knew was going to be too complex, you know, multiple schools, everything, you know, multiple different prize categories. It was just too overwhelming, but I loved MIT and wanted to stay. So they actually had a job at the entrepreneurship center. And I remember interviewing there uh, before I left and speaking with the head of the entrepreneurship center. And I told him about my side business and he was the actual one that actually advised. He referred to a Russian proverb or it's a proverb that I think many cultures repeat. If you chase two rabbits, you risk catching none. So chase your one rabbit and and just go after it and go wholeheartedly. And so I really have, you know, that that was very poignant for me. And I have chased this one holy rabbit the whole time. And I do admit that I kind of dip in, you know, and like look at other jobs. And there have been some jobs that have been very appealing, whether it's a part-time job or a full-time job. So I think the life ebbs and flows and things change. And sometimes maybe it does make sense to, to look for another job. Um, there's been some jobs at the Harvard Business School that I've interviewed for. And yeah, so I, I always have my eyes open. But I think that what you hear about success or true fulfillment is not giving up and being 100% committed and being all in. So that's how I feel with Holy You. Yeah, I, man, that, that's such a great proverb. I, I'm, I haven't heard that specifically, but like, man, that really resonates. And I'm sure like for, for people listening, uh, there's probably several people who have been in the same exact position or maybe currently are in this position of like, do I quit my career? Do I pursue my side gig or my passion or do I just start something new? And so I guess for you, as much as you're willing to share, like tell us a little bit like what that looked like for you just from a financial perspective, like that, that's that's got to be like one of the, the scariest factors of taking that leap. Did you see immediate success? Did you have did you already have like a clientele big enough to kind of support your basic needs before you took that job? or what did that look like? Yeah, it, I, I, I admit that I jumped ship too early in terms of financial stability. And I had asked around, I talked to other entrepreneurs and said, how did, how did you do it? And, and people gave me good advice and said, don't do it until you have a very stable, you know, financial situation. And so I would give the same advice to other people. And it doesn't have to be in the form of a full-time job. I think that that is the misconception that a lot of people have is that it's a full-time job working for the man or the woman in a job that you hate in order to make, to pay the bills. But I think we can be more creative. The money has to come from somewhere. So it's either a full-time job or a part-time job or multiple jobs. One of my online digital mentors is uh, Marie Forleo. And she always talks about her multi-passionate you know, beginnings when she was bartending and teaching dance class. So I love that. That is inspiring to think of like multiple streams of of income. For me, I decided to have premium prices right off the bat. (laughs) So there was not like, um, you know, a $2 or $3. It was sort of like when I first started my first paying client, I could tell that story. I was just like, okay, you want to work with me or you want my help? I'm a hundred dollars an hour. Here you go. And then I've slowly brought it up since then. So now of course it's going to be fewer and far between people who are going to invest a large amount and see the value in hiring you. But I think that that was one of my solutions is like premium pricing from the beginning. And to answer your question, there was like, you know, one client led to another word of mouth. I was organically ranked number one on Yelp. So I think that was a huge um, plus that 
didn't even know about. People were finding me online through Google just because of Yelp's algorithm. And so it slowly builds. And so a couple hundred in the first year, I think it was, I want to say, so I reached a point where it was 60,000 and that was more than I was making at MIT. (laughs) And then I had a child. So then it sort of plummeted after that because so in 2018, that's actually when I signed up for Kajabi because I was like, there's no way that I can have this crappy website on Wix and all of this technology and a child. So those coincided. And so my, you know, income and salary is obviously it's um, plummeted since having a child since she's my number one priority. But I think, again, the money has to come from somewhere, whether you get a loan, whether you get an investor or have friends and family or multiple side gigs. So just whatever works for you in your in your lifestyle and what you have access to. That's cool. I mean, it sounds like you had a change in change in circumstances, which ultimately drove you to rethink how you were conducting business. And I, I'm, I guess, maybe what I'm hearing is you can tell me if this is accurate or not. But like, you were doing maybe one on one a lot, and then you decided to take this into and transition it into something that you could kind of do the one to many model. Is that is that correct? Yes, it is. And actually, from the beginning, like the 2012, I was thinking an empire. <laughs> you know, I was. Yeah. I think some people have that mindset. Some people say, well, I'm going to sell lemonade, uh, you know, or I'm going to have a food truck and it's going to be simple. And this is what it is from the beginning. And I know for me, I thought very big and very large. And here I am nine years in and it's not as large as I thought it was going to be back then. But I think, of course, there's still time to grow into that. But then there's also an accepting of actually I heard Will Smith talk about this recently, this life lesson he learned from his father who was saying, you know, here's a pile of bricks. Now build a wall. And rather than focus on the wall, you focus focus on laying one brick at a time perfectly. So here's one brick and another brick and another brick. And then all of a sudden, you know, a wall appears. So as I said, I was interested in having a brick and mortar and thinking of all these grand plans and schemes, but it's really one client at a time. Actually, this is advice that I got from the Venture Mentoring Services at MIT. So it's this organization that's available to students and to employees. And I went there in 2012 to say, this is the business that I'm starting and I want to do this and that. It's holistic. I want to do workshops, blah, blah, blah. And Lou Goldish, the guy who ran it, he said, yeah, that sounds great. How about you go get one client and come back and let me know how it went? I was like, but what about all this, this grand fancy stuff? Yep. Just go back and get one client. So then it's one and then it's two and then three and then four or five. And then you build and you watch how your process evolves and develops from there. So you really have to go through that process to, to see what you have to offer and then see well, what is scalable? What is repeatable? And so I realized that I have these five steps that I can go through, whether you're 20 or you're 60, a man or a woman from Tokyo or from California, these steps will help you in clarifying your career goals and gaining confidence and being able to network effectively. So I was able to create those steps and now it's available in a self-guided course. And it's also available in a blended model where people can work with me and also in a mastermind where people can go through the steps together. I love that. It kind of reminds me of, I, I, I don't know if this is a quote attributed to anyone or not, but it's like one sale, it can be like the catalyst that ultimately builds the empire. I mean, the empire doesn't usually come, you know, tomorrow, but it all starts with that, that one sale or that one action, really, that one step that you take to begin building and building and going back to your, you know, analogy that you brought up of laying the bricks, like it's laying that first one down. You cannot have a wall until you lay at least one down. And that's something that I think 
think so many people underestimate is just getting started and laying that first brick. Exactly. And I don't think it's possible to skip or, or it's just on shaky ground, you know, just the foundation. It's like, it's mandatory to learn each thing as you go. So it's, um, <laughs> there's no, I don't think there's a quick and fast way to do it. And yeah, people do want it to be quick and fast, but I think it's, uh, it's the long game. I think it's a marathon and not a sprint. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is no fast forward button is really what it comes down to. And I, I wonder, like, would you really want it that way? Even if there was a fast forward button? Right. Yeah. That's what they say. I actually listened to an interview of Billie Eilish's mother the other day, and she was talking about her parenting philosophies, which are all really wonderful. And she was talking about when Phineas was taking a karate class and you know, he just loved it. He just loved the class. And then when they introduced like the, you know, prize headband of the week, which is basically like a trophy, it just took, it took something out of it. And it was no longer about the joy of the moment. So you really just need to enjoy the doing rather than the prizes, you know, even though they can be encouraging, um, you just need to enjoy the doing. And it's all about the journey and all about the process as cliche as that sounds. It's really, really it. And, and you're right. Like, would you want the easy button? Would you want the fast forward button? And actually when I first started my business, there was a, a guy at my gym who I knew had a successful business and I asked him what his secret was. And he said, well, your business is a reflection of you as a person. So the personal and professional are inextricably linked. And so he told me about his business coach and his therapist. And I went to see the therapist and I got, you know, some good uh, nuggets there. And then I went to see the business coach and he said, well, do you have thir like $30,000 to lay down to like learn it from me? I can like teach it to you. And I was like, no, first of all, no, I don't have the money. But second of all, so I didn't do it, but I'm actually glad because I actually had to learn it all myself, like blood, sweat and tears. So I didn't take the easy button or I could have like borrowed the cash and probably advanced, you know, and learned so much and skipped some steps. But I'm glad that I took the long road. Now I really know it experientially. Yeah, I'd love to almost zoom in a little bit on like kind of going back to where we were a little bit ago on like where Kajabi kind of came into the picture for you. And more more specifically, I'm really interested in like, what has it enabled you to do that you otherwise couldn't have done beforehand? First of all, it's very, it's a very beautiful interface. It's very simple to understand. It's intuitive in terms of like clicking and putting it together and, you know, designing a website that looks professional. I feel like Wix looked a little bit clunky. I'm sure they've improved since I was, you know, starting in 2012. But I just feel like as soon as I was using Kajabi, it was just a beautiful interface, easy to use, a lot of templates that were already made. So there was an ease to it and a beauty to it. And then there was just so much focus on streamlining and automating and pipelines and having this smooth experience, you know, so that it doesn't have to be clunky. The visitor and your audience and your client should never know about, you know, the Wizard of Oz pulling all the strings behind the scenes, you know, so it, they should just see something very smooth. And so even though I, I was kind of putting together all these pieces, the client should never see that. And I think that I've worked toward, I mean, I've, I've spent thousands of hours on Kajabi and I love like just micro changing, you know, micro changes that I make and your staff is incredible the support. I'm on there with them 24 hours a day, you know, and they've been immensely helpful. And here's a great example. I didn't want to invest in one of those DocuSign things because it just seemed like another cost, you know, so I would like have a, a Word document. And I said, okay, great. We're going to, here's my contract. I'd like you to sign it and return it to me. So there's like a hiccup in the flow. Whereas now in Kajabi, here's your product and my legal language is just right there. And you just click that button and then the payment is in integrated. Whereas before,
before, I'd say, and here is a separate PayPal link. So now it's just all integrated into one beautiful package. <laughs> and what that ultimately amounts to is just time for you, it sounds like. I mean, more time with your new child, like if you're not messing with all of the technical details. Of course, more time. And I think that that's what we want to enjoy our work, but we want to also have free time, right? We don't want to be working all of the time. And so that's what automating is all about, automating, scaling. So you want to do your work, but you don't want to be burnt up. Well, anything else that's changed for you in this in this journey? Like what's what's different for your life? Like had you stayed on the, the career path that you are on? Like what I imagine everything that's usually the case, but like what 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 stands out to you? Everything has changed. I think what entrepreneurs say is that there's a there's a cap or a ceiling when you work for someone else. There's a cap on your creativity uh, at a place like Harvard MIT. There's a lot of red tape, and this is the way it's always done. And maybe not a lot of you know listening to underlings, you know, people who are administrators, you know, maybe executive directors or or tenured faculty and staff. They make the decisions and kind of trickle them down. But when you're an entrepreneur, you can work really fast and your ideas, you can just implement right away. So I think that 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 freedom and creativity is also something that's been game changing for me. That's awesome. One thing I wanted to say, just how grateful I am for Kajabi to exist. I went to the Kajabi Summit, the Impact Summit, and I realized who was the Wizard of Oz behind the scenes, who were the guys and gals, the people making all of this happen. And there was so much joy and so many genuine smiles and authentic energy in the room. And I, and I felt like that's how it was going to be. That's why I like when I saw it, I signed up right away. And I also like there was no hesitation on the VIP ticket, you know, like not being cheap, like just going for it and um, just everything about it. I'm just super, super grateful. I think that everybody's doing a fantastic job and creating a platform that can really help people to change their lives, change their careers, change their businesses, and also share it with other people. You have a very generous partner platform. And I feel really confident sharing. You know, there's there's some things where you're you don't know who's going to benefit from different marketing schemes or whatever the certain businesses have, but I just feel so confident knowing the people that work with Kajabi and having used the platform since 2018 now and just how transforming it has been for me that I'm just like a huge fan. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, we could have met there. Um, that was like the Impact Summit was just as game changing, I think, for all of us as Kajabi team members, like getting to see the customers face to face and interact with them like that exact same experience you described. I think every one of us had there. It was such an incredible moment. I can't wait until the next one. Um, hopefully, yeah, hopefully in the very near future, we can do that. Well, uh, tell us for, you know, what's what's next on the horizon for you? Yeah, I would say continuing to grow whole you and, and see how it evolves. You know, I think that you can have plans, but then you also need to kind of trust the flow of the universe. That sounds very hippie. <laughs> um, you have a strategy, but then you also need to kind of let go and see what happens. And, and I think that there's ebbs and flows. And they say that so many businesses fail before five years and then before 10 years. And so my 10 years coming up in August, right? August 1st. And so I want to make it to 10 years and I don't want to push it. And I just, I think that there's different ebbs and flows in your life and your career and your business and you just kind of got to go with it. So I don't have any concrete answers. I'm just kind of going with the flow right now and just, you know, one brick at a time, one person at a time and, and doing what I can to help people um, in the way that I myself want to be helped and would have wanted to be helped when I was looking for a new career and 
life transition. So very cool. Well, for anyone who's interested in getting a hold of you, what's the best way for them to find you? My website is wholeyou.info. All right. Well, with that said, I think that's all we have today for everyone. Uh, once again, we appreciate everyone listening. Please don't forget to leave us a review on your favorite podcasting source that you're listening to us for. And of course, feel free to share all of these episodes um, with other friends or other aspiring entrepreneurs just so they can be inspired as well by these incredible stories that we get. So thank you all again, and we will see you all next week on the Kajabi Edge podcast.